Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the jar. My name is Jennifer. I'm glad you're here with us today. Um, I just want to take a couple minutes and talk to you about some volunteer opportunities that we have here at the jar. Um, it takes 100 people each week to make church happen, and so we need everyone, and there's a job for everyone. Um, so in your program, you have a card that looks like this. This is the Volunteer Now form. Um, on one side, you put your contact information and how you would like to be um, reminded when it's your turn to serve. Um, on the back side of the card, it shows you all the different areas that we need help in. Um, so our JAR Kids is our children's ministry, um, six weeks through fifth grade. Um, our hospitality team, our media team, our middle school experience, that happens during this celebration. Um, set up, tear down, and our worship team. So if you're interested in, in um, volunteering in any area, um, just fill out this card at the end of the celebration. Um, you can put it in the offering bag and we'll um, collect it from there. Um, if you are currently serving in an area and you want to continue, please fill out the card again. It makes my job a little bit easier um, next week. So I'll give you a couple minutes to fill out the card. Okay, well, as I said, um, when the offering comes by at the end of the celebration, um, you'll just put that in the offering. Um, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, so much for today and for the opportunity to come and serve you. Um, I pray that you would um, just speak to us and help us to know how you want us to be your hands and feet and serve here at the JAR. Um, I thank you for um, everything that you do for us, and I pray that you would um, just guide us and bless us. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. You look a little tired. Are you tired today? <laughs> that was like one of the loudest yes. Yes, we are. Well, hey, um, my name's Chris, and we're so glad that you chose to hang out with us today, even if you got uh, one hour less of sleep. Um, and uh, what I'd like you to do, there's a little card in your program. Uh, it looks like this. It's our Get Connected card. If you could pull that out and uh, fill that out, that would be great. And uh, if you're new, I'll have a chance to uh, send you a little gift this week. Uh, just to say thank you for uh, coming and uh, connecting with us. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Then at the end of the celebration, both the uh, serving card, which I hope many of you will serve uh, and do that. And you can uh, go ahead and put both of those cards uh, in the bag. Um, anyone know what's happening in three weeks from today? No, April Fool's Day, okay? <laughs> April Fool's Day. But uh, I was thinking about there is actually a scripture that says, um, you know, will you be a fool for Christ, basically. And uh, so I want to ask you to be a little foolish uh, coming up. Uh, these next few weeks. The first foolish thing you can do is invite somebody else to come. Um, many of you will wait until the end, but if you start inviting now, they're more apt to come. So uh, invite people to come. 
The second thing that you could be a part of is actually putting this uh, sign in your yard. So uh, when you leave today, uh, you can get a stake and also this sign, and you can put it in your yard. Um, it will take you about 11 seconds, okay? That's how long it takes to do that. So if you could do that, uh, that would be uh, great as well. We also um, have uh, some opportunities for you uh, to be able to help us a little bit. And uh, one of those is that um, if you can, if you're not inviting someone, if you could come to the 9 o'clock, uh, that would help us. Um, because this uh, the second celebration will be packed out. Now, if you invite someone, don't tell them go to the 9 o'clock and then you go to the 1045, okay? Uh, choose to do uh, the exact same uh, one, whichever that is. Also, on the night before, uh, on March 31st, we're actually going to set up the night before. So if you can come at 6 o'clock um, and help us set up chairs, um, that would help us do that uh, very quickly um, and uh, we could be efficient uh, with that. And then um, if you can't come, but you could come a little bit earlier, so if you could come, let's say, at like uh, 10.30, if you could just greet people as people are walking in, maybe out in the parking lot, our hope is as uh, people walk in, we could actually greet them in the parking lot. Uh, that would be great. Or if you could help with uh, JAR Kids at all, uh, we always need help in that area. And so you can go up and serve there. Kind of uh, serve one, attend one uh, on that Sunday if you could help us with that. Okay, last thing. Uh, if you come, parking is uh, difficult downtown uh, on that day. And so um, if you're volunteering or if you would just be willing to do this in general, um, both the Muncie Music Center, which is just south of the building here, uh, we have a relationship with them. You can park there. Or also, uh, you can uh, park at uh, Defer uh, Varan, which is the attorney's uh, parking lot, which is right over there. We also have parking lot in the, in the back. But if you could help us with that, that'll free it up for many of our visitors uh, to park in the parking lot. So, are you ready for those challenges? Good. Much better than uh, first celebration. They were asleep. I don't know what the deal was. But, um, but hey, let's pray, and then we'll uh, jump in. Well, God, we thank you so much for your love, and we thank you for the people that are here this, here this morning. And we ask, God, that you would help us to do our best inviting, um, looking forward to the Super Bowl of Christianity, of Easter celebration, when we remember that Jesus is not dead, but that he rose from the grave. And we pray, God, that you would give us wisdom in knowing who to invite and how to invite. And so we ask, Lord, that you would give us energy to do that. Holy Spirit, now we welcome you into this space and place. You've been here long before we ever arrived. But now within our hearts, God, would you help us to know how we can fight temptation that hits our lives and use us today so that your name would be made great. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I'd like you to listen through uh, the lens of one or two of your greatest temptations. So as you listen to the message today, to listen kind of through that lens. And in your program, there's actually a place right at the very top that you can go ahead and list one or two of your temptations. Or if you go on our app, 
Uh, you can do that as well. Just go to the JAR app and up at the top, uh, there'll be a place for you. You could type those in. Now, I realize that if your temptation is kind of hairy and nasty and you don't want the person beside you to know, okay, don't worry about it. You know, you don't have to do that. But um, regardless of what it is, I hope that before the end of the celebration that you will actually go ahead and write down one or two of your greatest temptations. Now, since you didn't get an ex- or since you lost an hour of sleep, I realize some of you are tired, and so I want to motivate your minds, get them moving a little bit. So I'm going to give you a few examples of things that you might be tempted by, some of your greatest temptations. Um, the first one is this, overeating. Maybe for some of you, you struggle uh, in this area. You just can't push uh, the plate away. And uh, maybe it's not that, but maybe it's like a sugar fix and you're drinking tons of pop or uh, you're drinking uh, all kinds of sugary kind of drinks. Maybe that's you or, or desserts or whatever that is. Here's the second one, overspending, overspending. Uh, some of you, every time that you see the word sale, you think God is a part of that, you know, like he wants me to have this sale. And so you tell people all the time, I am saving money. I just want you to know, every time I go to a sale, I am saving money. You go to your spouse and your friends, I saved you money. And you end up buying something that you really don't need with money that you really don't have. So maybe that's you. Here's another one, some kind of substance. Maybe it's something that you drink or something that you Uh, take as a pill form, or you smoke, or you snort, and honestly, the power has overtaken you, and you can't resist it. Maybe for some of you, it's lust. Uh, Studies would tell us that in a group this size, that many of you are struggling with some kind of sexual issue. You look at things on the screen, or you look at things on your phone, And some of you do things that you know you shouldn't be doing, but you do. And it's almost like porn has taken your life. Some of you, uh, your particular temptation is you criticize. You you just almost have like the spiritual gift of criticism. Uh, You can just come up with things to be critical with other people all the time. In fact, um, just... Since you've arrived here, you've already thought of ten things about this church that you're critical about, okay? And and I'm telling you, by the time that I'm done speaking, you'll think of at least 20 things that you don't like about me. Um, Some of you are like, I've already got 20, you know, and, you know, that's it. Some of you, your issue is gossip. Every time you get a little morsel, a juicy morsel of something that's gossip-wise, You just have to share it with the world. And you put some jam and jelly on top of that, and you give it to other people, and you do that because you don't feel good about yourself, so you try to put other people down by gossiping about them. Now, I don't know. Maybe some of those are yours. Maybe it's something else. Now, at this point, there's always somebody that's like, I don't know why I came to church today. Because I'll tell you right now, I don't have a problem with this temptation thing. I just don't have a problem whatsoever. Now, the person beside me, if you look at them, they look pretty jacked up. But uh, not me. You know, I'm good. I don't need this. I don't have any temptations. 
I don't have any weaknesses. Well, I do have something for you. It's the next word that will come up here, pride. Just go ahead, write it right now, because that's your issue. That's your weakness. The reality is, folks, that all of us are vulnerable in some area of our life. We all have something that trips us up, and it's a temptation. Well, God must have known that we would struggle with this kind of thing, and so he had one of his closest followers, a guy by the name of Paul, write about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We looked at it last week, and I want to continue to revisit it uh, uh, during this uh, series. Paul writes these words. So if you think you are standing firm, for those of you who say, I don't have a problem in this area. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you, except what is, and what's the last few words, what's it say? Common to us all. To all of us. In other words, every human being is vulnerable to some temptation. Don't ever think that you are above a temptation. Because the moment that you say, well, this area, I'll never struggle with that. That's exactly the area you will fall in. Let me give you an example. Uh, Last year, I had a problem uh, when I was running that my calves would always cramp up. And so I thought to myself, uh, what could I do about this? And I thought, I could lose 10 pounds, and that would take weight off of my calves, and I could run better. I am a medical amazement, you know? I mean, medically, I just know things what I could do. I mean, I'm just a genius. And uh, so I went through this process, and I decided that I was going to lose 10 pounds. And some of the things I decided to do was I was only going to take one helping of food, not seconds, not thirds, just one. I was going to get rid of all pop except one pop uh, at lunch because the people that I work with, they drive you crazy. And so you got to have some kind of uh, drink there. And uh, then on top of that, I was going to get rid of uh, any sweets. And so everything was going well. And uh, everything was fine. And I actually lost the 10 pounds. My calves stopped hurting. I could run and do whatever I wanted. And things were great. They were wonderful. It was absolutely amazing. And I thought to myself, I've got this. And then uh, one day, um, I realized that my wife was gone. And my daughter, uh, Jordan, uh, Jennifer was working at the ER on a night shift, and I was there by myself, and the girls were already to bed. And my oldest daughter, Jordan, has a peanut allergy, and so uh, we have a secret stash there that we have all the peanut butter and all the cookies with peanut butter and all of the candy with peanut butter in a certain cabinet. And I'm not going to tell you where it's at because I would have to kill you if uh, I did that, okay? So I know where this is. And I have this thought just pop in my head. I'm like, well, I wonder what's in there. Because I hadn't been there in six months, so I wonder what was in there. And I opened up the cabinet, and I want you to know that I'm a man of God. I closed that cabinet, and I walked away, and I said, get behind me peanut butter, okay? (laughs) And I walked away. But then all of a sudden, I had this kind of thought, like fantasy land, that I just wonder what's in there. 
Like, I'm just wondering what, what could be in there. And so I look in it, and honestly, I wasn't tempted by anything. There wasn't anything to interest. And then all of a sudden, this came. Ah, Reese's King Size 4 Peanut Butter Cups. And I saw that, and I thought, oh, my. And I thought, well, you know what? I'll just be a good servant, and um, I'll go ahead, and I'll give this to my wife. I'll see if she wants. Well, she wasn't home. So this is what I did. I ran upstairs into our playroom. I ripped it open and I ate all four of them. And and I would have got away with this, except in my comatose peanut butter state, I threw all the wrappers down and I forgot to pick them up. And when the queen came in the morning, I got busted, you know, and that was me. Now, here's the point, folks. Here's the point. I want you to know that when you think you are standing firm is exactly when you're vulnerable to sin. Those who say, I don't need this today, you are exactly the people who need it the most. Because the reality is, to be a human is to be tempted. When you become a Christ follower, it does not necessarily mean, in fact, it doesn't mean that there is an absence of temptation. It means declaring war on temptation that you already know is there. You know what your biggest temptation is. You know what your greatest temptation is. But if you don't list it, write it down, and ask for help, it will continually win the war. Now, the good news is when we fight this kind of war of temptation, we don't fight it alone. Paul continues on in verse 13, and he says this. And God is, what's the next word? He's faithful. He's faithful. Even when you and I are not faithful to him, we're faithless, he remains faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And then here is the amazing part. But when you are tempted, what will God do? He will always provide a way out so that you can endure it. Every single time that you are tempted, God will always give you a way to get out. To get out. Now, the truth is, if we are going to be able to resist temptation, we first have to understand what the process of temptation looks like. So I want to give you kind of a five-step process that uh, I read about this week that talks about these steps always are a part of when a person, just before a person does something wrong. So these things happen before you do something wrong, before you commit a sin. And these things can happen days or months or weeks or, or weeks or years, or it literally can happen in a moment. All five of these things can happen in a matter of a moment. So here's the first thing uh, for this process of temptation. There comes a thought. I have this thought. I would like to look in the cabinet where the peanut butter is stashed. Just a thought I had. Just a thought. And then it moves from a thought to an imagination. I wonder what the king-size Reese's cup would taste like. 
just imagining what it would taste like. Then, from that, you have a justification. You know, I haven't had any peanut butter cups for six months. I mean, I've done a lot better than other people, and especially people in the church. I mean, I've done much better than them. So, one little cup, it's not going to hurt me. No one will know. Then, it comes to this. A choice. A choice. I'm going to open this up, but I'm just going to open up one of them, and the next thing I knew, all four of them disappeared. Had no idea what happened. They just took off. And then that finally leads us to our last step, sin. And then all of a sudden you get done with all of that and you're like, how did that happen? Like, like how did that take place? How did that take place? <clears throat> now for some of you, it looks like this. Here's the thought. <clears throat> the thought is, well, I'm in debt and if I bought a new pair of shoes, that would be a sin. Now, is buying a new pair of shoes a sin? No. Buying a new pair of shoes isn't a sin. But if you already have 20 pairs of shoes in your closet, and some of them you haven't even worn yet, and you're struggling with debt, and you've made a promise not to do that, well, so here's the thought. I'm alone. I feel kind of bad. Man, if I went out and bought a new pair of shoes, that'd make me feel better. I mean, like, I'd feel so much better. Imagination. I can see it on Instagram right now. Hey, girlfriend, look what I got. Kissy face, kiss, 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 heart, bye you know? And all of a sudden, that's on your Instagram. Justification. Well... I haven't bought any shoes in a month. I mean, surely I should be able to buy some more. Choice. Well, I'm going to be wise. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to look on the Internet. And then all of a sudden you see this 25% off sale on the exact same shoes. Glory to God. Look what he sent to me, you know. And all of a sudden, click, you just sent. Thought. I'm bored. I think what I'll do is I'll just look on my phone. Imagination. Ah, oh, man, I remember that one thing that someone sent to me last week. Look, I ain't got me excited. I think I'll look at that. Justification. Oh, this won't be any big deal. I mean, nobody needs to know. It's just me. And, hey, this is my thing. This is where I'm at. And uh, plus my wife, you know, she hasn't been meeting my needs. So, hey, you know, I'm just going to kind of hear. And then all of a sudden, choice, click, 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 click. Sin, sin, sin. Folks, every single one of us become tempted, first of all, just with the thought. So, what we have to decide is ahead of time, I already know what my greatest temptations are, but this is how I'm going to resist the temptation ahead of time so that I don't hurt myself, I don't hurt the people around me, and I don't hurt the heart of God. So, how do we get out of temptation? Well, when you're in a fight, the first thing you have to do, Scripture tells us, is we have to submit 
to God. That's how we get out of it. We submit to God. James, Jesus' brother, actually wrote these words and he said this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, I was raised in a church environment in which uh, they said what you need to do is you need to fight the devil. You need to fight off the devil. Make sure you fight off all of those temptations. Fight! Fight! No, no, no. But that's not what James says, is it? He doesn't say fight. The very first thing that he says is submit yourself to who? To God. Why? Why does he say that? Because you don't have enough strength on your own to do this. You need a power that's greater than your own. Your flesh, my flesh, is too weak. You need the help of Christ. Remember last week I said every temptation is an invitation for you to depend upon God. Every temptation you face is simply an invitation for you to look upward and to depend upon God. But the problem is, is that we live in a society filled with masterful justifiers. We can always look at a temptation and justify it and fall into the trap. Well, everybody else is doing it. I mean, they are. It's just the way it is right now. It's just the way that God made me. God made me this way. If he didn't want to make me this way, then I shouldn't be having these certain temptations. If I didn't have this desire, if God didn't want me to have this desire, then he shouldn't have put it in me. I deserve it anyway. Nobody's going to know. This is just a little thing that I do. Now listen to me carefully. If you are doing anything that's inconsistent with the word of God, that's a sinful behavior, this is what you need to start with. You submit that to God. You say, God, here's the thing, and I'm submitting myself and this area of my life to you. You're not going to get it all fixed in a moment. Not that the power of God can't do that, but you alone, you'll never be able to do that. So the first thing you do is you take that thing and you submit it to God. Others of you, you know what the wrong thing is, and what you need to simply do is ask for help. But your pride is in the way so much that you're like, I'm not going to ask for help. I'm not going to ask somebody else to hold me accountable or to help me in this area of my life. Folks, it really doesn't matter where you're at or who you are. The reality is we all need to submit to God daily. I mean, I hate to think about where my life would be right now had I not made a commitment 20 years ago that as far as I could, I was going to submit each day, I was going to try to submit each day to God. I mean, the truth is, folks, I get distracted very, very easily. I can be in one moment... Uh, reading my Bible and praying and journaling. I can be singing worship songs going, Oh, God, I love you. And then all of a sudden, here's this shiny thing. Shiny, 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 shiny. Oh, shiny, 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 shiny. Ooh, do you see it? And all of a sudden, I can get distracted by anything and almost everything that could happen. And so this is what I do every single day. I wake up in the morning, and the first two minutes, uh, I don't hit snooze. I don't wake Jen up. Don't wake Jen up. Don't wake Jen up. Uh, I don't do anything. But when I wake up, when I first happens, what I do is I spend the first two minutes in my bed, and all I do is 
I keep saying things like this. God, I surrender this day to you. I submit this day to you. I give this day to you. I want you to know that's the beginning. And then I go off uh, to my oldest daughter's room, and I get her up because Jen goes downstairs and gets breakfast going. And I wake her up, and I say, hey, Jordan, you want to cuddle? And she's 10 right now, and so now we have two responses. One is yes, and then she and I cuddle. The other one is, oh, why are you in here, Dad? And either way, whichever one comes, I say, well, hey, we're going to pray. We're going to start off day off, our day off with prayer. And this is my prayer. It's very, very simple. God, we love you. Help us to expect the best today. And I leave from that room, and I go to uh, Shiloh's room, and I wake her up. She's younger. She's only eight. She's not a tween yet. So uh, God is still a part of her life. And so uh, I kind of wake her up a little bit, and I go, hey, Shiloh, would you like to cuddle? And every single morning she goes, Yes. She is my favorite daughter. (laughs) And uh, I wake her up and I do the exact same prayer. I say, well, hey, let's pray. And she goes, okay. And I say, okay. And I say, well, uh, God, we love you and uh, help us to expect the best today. And I go downstairs and I get uh, Jen and uh, we uh, get all the breakfast stuff ready. I go and I get changed. I get done. And we get in the car. I always take the girls to school in the morning. I drop them off at school. And then I go to a quiet place that I'm not going to tell you where it's at because if I tell you, it won't be quiet anymore. But it's a place where there's a lot of wooded area. And I stay in my Suburban. And I pull out my Bible. And I listen to a worship song. I read Scripture then. I pray. I journal down all of my prayers. And I submit my whole being to God. My mind, my ears, my eyes, my mouth, my hands, my feet, my heart are all submitted to God. And then I take ten minutes just to be as quiet as I can be to listen to see if God would whisper anything to me. Now, do you know why I do this, folks? Because I need it. I get so easily distracted that I can't resist temptation. And so that's what I do. And for some reason, what happens is rarely, if I ever miss anything, rarely do I, but if I ever do, what is amazing is temptation becomes very difficult for me. But if I do my normal routine every time, temptation doesn't consume me for that day. It comes, it visits, it tries to take me away, and sometimes I fall. But most of the time, there is power to overcome it because I've submitted, first of all, to God who loves me and created me. That is why I submit daily. You know why? Because I'm weak. I'm very, very weak. So before we even fight, the first thing we have to do is we submit our whole selves to God. Here's the second thing that we do. And I alluded to it earlier. Uh, We resist the devil. Remember we said last week, temptation doesn't come from God. Testing comes from God. Temptation comes from the evil one. So we resist the devil. Just by a show of hands, how many of you have heard someone say this before? I just couldn't resist. Anyone ever hear somebody say that before? I just couldn't resist. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't resist. Now listen to me. With Christ, 
you can resist. Let me say that again. With Christ, you can resist. So, you know, if you want to say amen or act like you even care, that would help me right now, okay? Uh, With Christ, you can resist. This is what James said. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In the back of our home, we have about a half acre of woods. And in that half acre of woods, there are several terrifying creatures, and this is what they look like. Does anyone know what that is? A raccoon. Satan's animal. (laughs) Folks, raccoons are not these cute little cuddly things that you think you can take home and take care of. But they are evil like a pouncing lion. And I'll come back to that. Well, these terrifying creatures, what they do is... Uh, for a long time, they used to get in our green trash uh, cans, and they would eat up the food, and they would knock them over, and then there would be trash that was all over our uh, driveway, and we would have to go out and pick it up and put it back in the trash can. And then one day, this God thought came to me, bungee cords. And so I took these bungee cords out, I put them around that, we had no problem. Until one evening, I went out to unwrap the bungee cord, and as I unwrapped the bungee cord and was getting ready to put some trash in, I looked down there and I saw this ferocious thing. Here it is. (laughs) And that thing looked at me, and I looked at it, and I was so scared. I mean, like, pee your pants kind of scared. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I was scared, okay? And I'm looking at that thing, and it's looking at me, and all of a sudden, I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or what it was, but this thought came to me. That thing's only that big. You're like this big. And this is what I did. Rawr! Like that. That thing came up, and it jumped the other way, and it ran away. And glory to God that it did. Because this illustration could be so much worse. I mean, it could be an illustration that I went to the hospital and I had claw marks, you know, all over me of a raccoon. But that isn't it. Now, here's the the thing, folks. Whenever temptation comes in the form of a raccoon or a vicious pouncing lion, like Satan. Satan in Scripture is called a pouncing lion. See the connection there? See how I'm weaving it all together with the raccoon? Whenever you see the enemy coming with every bit of faith that you have inside of you, essentially what you need to do is go, Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, I just just put some scripture in there, okay? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you fight back. And you can do that because you've already submitted to God at the beginning of your day to pray. And now all of a sudden, when those temptations come, you can resist. And here's a powerful thought. One of the best ways for you to resist temptation is to eliminate it whenever you can. One of the best ways for you 
To resist temptation is to eliminate it whenever you can. There's a guy in the Bible by the name of Solomon. He was considered the wisest person in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. And one day he's given his son some uh, advice about temptation. And this is what he said. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Why is he saying that? What's he saying? What's he saying here? He's saying, don't ever set foot on the path. Stay away from it. Then if that's not enough, Solomon cracks me up because he says that and you think, well, that would be enough. No, no, no. He's like, son, I'm not sure if you're paying attention or not, but I need to tell you, avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Son, I know you're young and dumb. I was there before. So I'm going to tell you, you know the path that leads to evil. So avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Dad, 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 dad. I got it. I got it. You don't have to go any further. I don't think you do. Solomon's like, I don't think you have it. Let me be more clear. I'm telling you, you have to get out of Dodge. Run, Forrest. Run. You know, it's like, get away. Stay out of the path of the evil one. Get away from it. Don't get close to it. One of the best ways to avoid temptation is to eliminate it whenever you can. Growing up, uh, my parents got me a gift of a Sports Illustrated magazine. I used to get one every single week. And this was before the Internet, so that's when they actually, you know, had paper. And you'd open up these magazines. I read all the articles and everything was there. And it was awesome. I loved that magazine. But there was one particular episode that I got each year. That was by far, as a teenage boy, it was my favorite one. Anyone know what that one is? How do you know, you evil? Oh, my goodness, you tempted me, people. Well, I, I got all of these, and uh, you know all the other ones I kind of got rid of? But over the years, I kept the swimsuit one, and Jennifer and I got married, and we were getting ready to move into our apartment, and we see this bag, and, or this uh, box, and she's like, uh, what's that? And I'm like, well, you know, and I looked, and it was Kathy Ireland, because Kathy Ireland was, you know, Kathy Ireland back in those days, and it's all that. Now, I was already, I'd already been a pastor for a year. Those boxes were at my parents' house. And everything got transferred when I got married. And I made a decision on that day that I would only have one bride. And I, if I could get rid of something now, that I wouldn't have to worry about it in the future. And I took Kathy and all the others, and we took it out. We had this little burn pile. And poor Kathy got burned up. <laughs> she got burned up. Now, let me say this. I'm not perfect. I'm a man. I fall in many different ways. And you might look at me and go, oh, but he's a pastor. He must. No, I have every temptation that you have. And so what I've had to learn to do is I have to eliminate anything I can whenever I can. For example, this device right here. I don't know how to put a single app on it. I've never learned. 
I don't want to learn, to be quite honest. I don't want to know something that could lead me down a different way. So this is what happens. Uh, people will come up to me and say, hey, this U version of the Bible app. I, I'm like, I don't know how to do it. And uh, I'll give it to my administrative assistant. And she puts it on there. Uh, my kids swim. And someone came up to me and they said, hey, they got this swimming app. And you can tell where your kid's at and how they're doing. I'm like, I don't know how to do it. And uh, so I had to give it to her. And she puts it on. Everything that's on there is there. I'm not on every social media site. Because there's some things, quite honestly, I just don't want to see. Um, I also, uh, I don't have an unfiltered browser on my phone or on my computer. Um, there's a safe thing that Mikey's put on there for me, and uh, that's it. Also, I have some other boundaries. Uh, first of all, uh, my wife can look at this anytime she wants. Uh, I don't hold it away from her. If she has some fear or some thought, I can tell you, uh, in the time that I've had uh, a phone like this, she's never looked at it once. But it's not that I hold it back from her. If she wants to look at it, she can. She can look at anything she wants. So if you send me something, you know, you might want to be careful. Because uh, Dr. Bunt's going to see it too, uh, if she wants to, you know. Uh, it's just the way that it is. Also, uh, I meet with a guy almost every single Wednesday at 7 o'clock in the morning. And one of the questions that I am asked every single week is this question. Have you lustfully looked at an image or at another woman this week? And I have to honestly come clean with whatever that is. And there have been times in which I feel uncomfortable about something, and I'll pick up the phone, I'll go, hey, I'm feeling uncomfortable, and this guy, he, he always has his phone ready, he, he listens to me, he prays for me, encourages me, he says, get out, whatever the situation is, and I need to. I don't ever meet with another woman in the office for counseling uh, by myself. I always have someone else there. I don't ever drive with any other female in the church or uh, on staff. Now, this is crazy. Sometimes we'll go to a meeting from our office, which is less than a half a mile away, to the wife or something. And sometimes it's been even closer than that when we lived or when we had an office somewhere else. And um, we will drive separately because I just don't do it. It makes it awkward. Now, some of you right now are going, gosh, Chris, you're that weak? Like, bunch. You're that weak. But another question you might ask is, I didn't know our pastor was that wise. Because this is what I know, folks. I love my wife, and I love my two girls. And I realize that I have a lot to lose. And so this is what I do. Is that I'm vulnerable enough to know that why in the world would I not resist temptation in the future if I can have the power to eliminate it today. Why in the world would I ever try to resist temptation that's out there in the future if I can eliminate it today? Folks, for some of you, today's teaching could be a game changer in your life. So how does this work out in your own life? Well, let's say, for instance, potato chips is your bad thing. I mean, if you could eat one bag, you could eat ten bags of potato chips. It wouldn't matter. Well, this is the thing. When you go to the grocery store, don't go down the potato chip aisle. Just don't do it. You know what aisle you need to go down? The toilet paper aisle. Because if you go down the toilet paper aisle, you'll have no problem whatsoever. Now, if alcohol is your struggle, don't go to a bar. 
Don't go, hey, I'm going to hang out with my friends. No. When you pump gas, don't go into the store to pay. Pay at the pump so that you don't have to see any alcohol. If you're overcoming drugs and you want to keep overcoming drugs, this is what I'd say. Get rid of every friendship of every single person that is a druggie. Now, you might say, well, that's being judgmental, Chris. Um, we're st- these are my buddies. I want to show them the love of Christ. Let somebody else show them the love of Christ. You don't get around them because it's too much of a temptation for you. If you go to the gym and every time you see yoga pants, you're just like, woo, yoga pants. I just can't hardly handle it. You know, and imagination starts coming. And, and yoga, this is what you need to do. Stay at home and work out. Don't go to it. Cancel your membership. Whatever you need to do. Don't run on a treadmill. We ran outside for centuries, folks. Thousands of years before a treadmill. You can do it. I'm telling you, you can. I do. I know. If you're tempted by gossip and criticism, and there's one person as a co-worker or a family member or a friend that you're tempted to criticize and gossip every time you're around that person, don't be around that person. Choose to limit your time with them. And if you're a technological freak and you can take your phone and you can get rid of all the things that I don't even know about and you can get on sites and you can click, click, click and you can get all the things that you shouldn't be getting, this is what needs to happen. You need to give up your smartphone for a dumb phone. It's called a flip phone. You flip and that's it. That's it. You know, you don't have anything else that will do that. Why? Because if you can resist the temptation, folks, in the future, why wouldn't you take the power that you have right now to eliminate it? You just decide ahead of time, I'm going to distance myself from that. You resist the temptation and you eliminate it whenever possible. Folks, if you begin your day submitting to God and admitting God, I'm too weak, so I submit to you. And at the beginning of the day, you say, God, I don't want to look at things. I don't want to act a certain way. I don't want to be doing something in the wrong way. That in that moment, when the temptation or the thought comes, immediately, if what you do is if you choose to go to Jesus, this is the truth about him. This is what scripture says. (coughs) Because Jesus himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to what? What's it say? Help those who are being tempted. Folks, this is the truth about Jesus. He doesn't sit at the right side of the Father and look down upon us. And each time that we trip or fall, he doesn't go, <laughs> look what happened. Or, oh, they're getting ready to trip. No, he says that I am there to help you. Christ in you is stronger than the wrong in you. So instead of guilt or shame or condemnation, today, you and I, we should feel hope. Because our God is faithful. And he will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So that when you are tempted, 
God will always, 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 always give you a way to get out. To get out. Let's pray. Loving God, right now I ask that your Holy Spirit would stir in each person's heart right now. And as God's Spirit is stirring in you, I simply want to ask you a question. Is there a recurring temptation or weakness that you need help from God to overcome? Is there just some recurring temptation, some weakness in your life that you need God to help you overcome? That you're human, but it keeps on coming all the time there's something in your life right now with your eyes closed, no one looking, you just raise your hand and say, yep, there is. I've got a recurring temptation that is there. And God, thank you for these people's honesty. You put your hand down. Now, I want you to think right now, is there something with whatever that thing is, it may be very small, but is there something you could do right now to eliminate that temptation or at least distance yourself from it? Is there something that maybe God could give you right now through His Spirit, an idea, hey, I could do this. And if you're willing to say, yeah, I want to do that. I want to take one step to resist that. So you just raise your hand and say, yep, I'm going to take one step. God, thank you so much for every single person who raised a hand and said, Lord, there is something in my life, but there's a step I can take. And I pray, Lord, that you would help them daily, first of all, to submit to you. Would you show us, God, how we can eliminate or distance ourselves from whatever that temptation is? God, help us to know that when we put boundaries in our life, it's not that we are weak, but we're wise. But maybe for some of you today, you're here for the very first time or you haven't been to church in a while and you're here and you're just like, man, I don't even know where God's at on the radar of my life. But you know what temptation is and you feel the sense that, wow, I've had a a spiral kind of out of control. And I just want you to know that regardless of where you're at, that God loves you. And the whole reason that Jesus went to the cross is so that there could be an exchange that took place. That he who knew no sin was tempted but never sinned went to the cross and he said, I'll take all of their sin, all the times that they fell in temptation, and I'll allow it to come on me. And what happens to you is you are set free when you turn to him. And he sends his grace and his forgiveness and his love because he loves you that much. So today you can call on him. He is trustworthy. You submit to him. Receive his love. If that's you today, if you're ready to say today is the day and you're ready to give your life to Christ, then I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me and we never pray alone 
here at the jar. We always pray in community together. And so if that's you, I just invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I surrender to you. Be the Lord of my life and be my Savior. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can serve you every day of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand everybody. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Those of you that said that for the first time. So again, we want to walk with you if that is the first time you've ever said that prayer, you've made a, a commitment to Christ. Um, we have the, uh, a table in the back, and we want to just pray alongside with you, so be sure to stop by there uh, before you leave today. And um, uh, we talked about the Connect card earlier today. Uh, when we're going to take an offering in just a few minutes, we want you to put that in the offering box. If you did uh, say that prayer for the first time or you want to make a commitment to Christ, go ahead and check that blue box in the top corner, and we'll uh, contact you this week and just connect with you. Um, so you also filled out, like I said, you filled out the Connect card. Uh, you can do that through the, the app or uh, through the actual card. Um, and we just our way to connect with you and to uh, uh, get updated, stay uh, connected with you, and uh, get any information that you need. There's also a, sp- a space for comments and prayer requests on the back. Uh, we also would love for you to fill out that Volunteer Now card and then put that in the offering as well as it comes along. So I'm going to have the greeters come forward, and we're going to take an offering. We are a place that is about opportunities here at the JAR and an opportunity to give back and to give to our generous, generous God. God has given so much to us, and just we want to give an opportunity to give back. So we're not about pressure here. If it's your first time here or um, it's not your church home, we aren't about your money. We're about you. Um, But if you are here and this is your church home, we just want to have that chance to give back. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today and to learn more about you. We ask that this this offering be blessed in in your community and that it can grow and just expand your world, Lord. Uh, We thank you for the opportunity to hear from Chris and to learn how to get out, God. Uh, We pray that our hearts can be changed and that we, that lives are moved today, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So just a few things. Um, uh, We have guest connections over at the door. If you are new, we want to make sure that you come by and see us and uh, get a chance to meet someone uh, for the very first time. Jim's holding up a welcome sign, so you're welcome here, and uh, we just want to connect with you. Um, So then also next Saturday, on uh, March 17th from 9 to 11, we're going to have breakfast with the Easter Bunny, and that's a free event for our kiddos here uh, so you can get the picture taken with the Easter Bunny, have some breakfast, do some crafts. It's going to be really fun. So that's going to be upstairs here at the Y next Saturday. Bring your kids, bring your neighbors, bring everybody. Um, and then also we want to tell you about uh, uh, Celebrate Recovery, which is our uh, our, st- our 12-step program to get over any hurts, habits, and hang-ups meets here on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock. Again, a great way to get out, right? 
find people that you can connect with that can help you to avoid temptation, to be uh, better and grow together. And uh, we do that through Celebrate Recovery. Um, So then I also want to invite the prayer team up. So if you have any... um, Anything that you need prayer for, they will be here uh, after service, and we just want to pray alongside with you. Thanks, Sarah. Um, Well, this week, there's no doubt that you're going to be tempted. Uh, It's going to happen. And so what you should do is starting tomorrow morning, you simply submit yourself to God. You wake up in the morning and just say, I submit, I surrender myself to God. And then after that, uh, you resist the devil and he will flee. Always know that you're loved in this place. Have a great week and um, take this in a loving way. Get out! Okay, there you go. Have a good one, guys.